In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Hey! It's Warhorse and you need to shut your mouth, open your eyes, and clean out your ears, because it's time to listen to the Raw and Order podcast. That's right, they're bringing you the best in all that meaty podcasty goodness in one, what is it, an hour, two, who cares, who gives a shit? You need to listen to it right now, or else Warhorse is going to, I don't know, roll your ass! Welcome to another episode of Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that it just kind of is, is doing it whenever now, I guess. We're just whenever. Uh, I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined by With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Spider Fabe. Spider Fabe. <laughs> I got yeah. my ass rolled by a spider bite, um, and that's part of the reason we're a day late. I have to elevate my leg every night, and uh, that's also why I'm not on the screen, because I'm laying in my bed with my foot up. So, Yes, it is a pretty nasty-looking yeah. spider bite. If you really want to see it, and I say you probably don't, but if you really do, <laughs> uh, you can go to DA Fabe's uh, Twitter page. Link is in the doobly-doos. Uh, for that, and you can see his little video of it. Um, it's a pretty gruesome, gruesome little thing. I was pretty but, sick that night, though. You, I mean, you were there with me at Raw yeah. 24 hours into the bite, or yeah. roughly 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours into the bite. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I, I was pretty wrecked. If mm-hmm. it hadn't been for those seats, I'd have, yeah, I'd have not gone. <laughs> you toughed it out. But also I took it out for us, my kid, not for you, just so you know. Yeah, of course not for me. <laughs> toughed it out for Becky Lynch. That's who toughed it out for. Also joining us from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? It goes on, good sir. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. So, so no the spider uh, bites to report on no my spider bites. And unfortunately, we asked, and Yefabe has yet to acquire any spider powers out of this. So, um, looks like he's just normal. Well, I do I do have a, what feels like a radioactive leg because of the amount of heat that it's putting off right now. I mean, he was super dead because he brought his kid to Raw in some pretty kick-ass seats, so he has some kind of spider power. Yeah. Did you see us? Did you see us? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did based off your photos. I didn't go back to watch it um, yet. Dick. I know. <laughs> I, I know we were visible multiple times because my wife tried to send me a picture every time. But, you know, when you try to take a picture of a TV screen as it's moving and all that stuff, it just come, kind of comes yeah, You kind of notice, there. you're like, let me take a photo. And you're like, and oh. it, my and sister just, was positive and sending it the whole time. She was like, look at Jax, look at Jax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for, thanks for, yeah. The yeah. giant dude behind that kid is me. <laughs> The shorter <laughs> giant dude behind that giant dude is you. <laughs> but so uh, we got to say hi to Napier and hi, Ambrosia. Hello, Ambrosia. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I did not do reason. anything. There's no makeup on this face. This hair, I didn't. It's just <laughs> hot. That's just <laughs> sweat. You, you just... got a pretty mouth. Oh, 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. You got a pretty mouth. Pretty. Pretty. Um, the, the other reason that we are a day late is um, many of you knew. Uh, oh, it's spelled Napier, but pronounced Napper. Okay, good to know. Um, Fucking American. American. I pronounce all the letters. Fuck you. Um, no, uh, <laughs> my, min, you might remember. I mean, maybe from... he's pronouncing it wrong. He's Southern, so. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, <laughs> you might remember me talking about a couple weeks ago that my uh, mother was in the hospital in the ICU and, and everything. She is not getting much better. And uh, I got a call last Thursday um, afternoon from my brother saying, hey, she's she's doing really bad. We need to get to the ICU. And it's a three-hour drive from here. And so I spent the entire weekend uh, in the ICU with my mother, who's improving a bit, but, like, she had taken three steps forward and then five steps back. And now she's taken another step forward. She's still behind where she was. Um, and so a lot of crap going on there. And... So yesterday, um, I was just driving back from uh, the hospital that my mom is in when Forbidden Door happened, started, right? And I didn't get home until it was about halfway over or so. And so when our normal time to record this came around, I still hadn't watched half of the pay-per-view because I was on the road driving during the first half. And so VR's app sucks. It does. Well, and there's fucking like for some reason J JLB and I talked at ad nauseum last night just between we the did. about this. We weren't even on a podcast, but it no, felt we like a just, fucking podcast. We were just talking. I there's something with my Wi-Fi setup here. Chromecasting, like casting from my phone to my screen just doesn't fucking work right. It doesn't. Um, it's not my phone and it's not the Chromecast that it's going to, um, it's something with a Wi-Fi network, but it's just not worth me fucking fighting it too much. So, uh, what I did watch of it was on my 6.3 inch screen on my phone. Um, or eventually I came upstairs and I, I used a less than legitimate stream service. To watch the final two matches, so, um, uh, and I, I tell you what, the whoever at AEW is in charge of shutting down those less than legitimate stream services uh, was working overtime last night. Pissed you the fuck off though. Oh yeah, I I probably <laughs> went through twelve or thirteen streams. I would get one and it would stream for like a minute or two and everything would be going fine. And then suddenly, boom, this stream has been removed by a copyright holder. And then I'd find another one and it would go on for four minutes. And then boom, this stream is, I was like, shut up, a bitch. <coughs> Just give me one that works. company other than VR that they stream with, that they pay-per-view with. Well, they, they stream with fight, but only outside of the United States. So um, then it's VR. I am Canadian. Yeah. So you'd have to. We could. I could get a VPN. VPN. Yeah. And then you, you could also fight. just order it on pay per view too. You cheap. Yeah. Fuck. I could order it on pay per view too. Um. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's fifty bucks on pay per view or fifty bucks on VR. No, yeah. VR. 
Oh. Um, or on fight, it's like thirty bucks. I think it's thirty nine ninety nine, thirty four ninety nine, or something. Yeah. So, so that would like pay for the VPN to do it on fight. It it very well would get at least close to it. (laughs) But so we're gonna talk about this pay per view. We're going to go through, um, if you've never been to one of our pay-per-view reviews, we don't do it like the other podcasts that where they go, this, this is the first match that happened, this is what happened, what did you think about it, okay? And then next we had this match, and this is what happened, and what did you think about it? Mm-hmm. There's a thousand different wrestling podcasts that'll do that. Yeah, uh, we want to be unique. We're, we want to be unique, but we're just going to get to the nitty-gritty. We're going to talk about the bad things of the night and the good things of the night. And and the best moments and the worst moments, right? And so, in a in a show like this with thirteen total matches, although four of them were on the pre-show, with so nine matches on the main show, there's a chance one of the matches uh, it falls in that middle ground that it wasn't didn't have anything in it that was the best tonight, but it also didn't have anything that was worse tonight. And we might not talk about a match as much, but we're gonna go through and we're gonna try to talk about the things we liked the most and the things we didn't like. Uh, about this um and then we're gonna give kind of just our overall thoughts on the whole thing um and we're gonna see if this was the best pay-per-view of the year so far or the worst pay-per-view of the year so far or maybe just the okayest pay-per-view of the year so far we're gonna find that out uh together um as we go through i if you're watching us on the live stream highly recommend drop a comment in there about what you think uh, when we're talking about worst match of the night or best match of the night or whatever, let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear that, but we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, before Ooh. we do that, take some time. I want to throw one extra new category in. Okay. Well, when we get to uh, uh, the place that it fits, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. Um, but first, I want to talk about tatnusco.com because oh, okay. uh, we haven't mentioned that yet. And Raw and Order is part of the Tatnusco Podcast Network. So you can head on over to tatnusco.com, links in the doobly-doos, um, and there you can read all about all the other podcasts on the network. You can listen to them. You can read all about Tatnus and what he's up to, and then you can come back here and listen to our next show. Yeah. Um, a, a, a bit of uh, cleaning to do in advance. Uh, this weekend is Royal Rumble, but it also is 4th of July. Money in, in the, the Bank. United Money in the Bank. Excuse me, Money in the Bank. I said Royal Rumble because my brain's... I mean, I would like another Royal Rumble. Uh, Money in the Bank. It, this weekend is Money in the Bank, but it's also 4th of July because uh, what the in fuck? America, yeah. Yeah, WWE's like, why not? Uh, there's lots of reasons not. And the biggest one is it's going to be hard for me to watch Money in the Bank. When I'm with one side of the family celebrating Fourth of July, and then running to the ICU to be with my mother, um, you know, and all this stuff. So, uh, also Fourth of July is on Monday, which means the third is uh, Sunday night when we normally would record. Um, and I think I'm speaking at least for one of the other hosts here uh, to say I'm I'm not recording a podcast on Sunday night. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And JLB's still going to be hung over from Canada Day the day before the, the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. That's yeah, valid. So. That's valid. I know this so, stuff, but I got you. And I got I got a barbecue on Sunday. I'm going to have myself a good old time. Barbecue? You Americans aren't the only people. You Americans aren't the only people that fucking go all weekend celebrating Canada Day. 
Okay, us Canadians do it too. Damn well, it. I mean, you Canadians are the only ones who do that celebrating Canada Day. Yes, uh, we don't celebrate it out here at all. You fucking yeah. we celebrate Independence Day because America. Anyways, um, so that being said, our <laughs> review of Money in the Bank is going to also be late. I think um, that's our new uh, that's our new thing. We just delay yeah, shit. That's what I'm like. We're just, we we do whatever. Whatever. Right? Schedules, okay. schedules. Probably what I, what's going to happen is. Uh, next week there probably won't be an FBI. We'll just do the review Tuesday night, um, you know, and go from yeah, there. Gives but. gives you assets time to watch it. Yeah, all yeah. sorts of shit like that. So, but anyways, oh. we, we're gonna go ahead and get into the the meaty um, gritty all the, of its podcasty goodness. Yeah, the meaty podcasty goodness. By the way, um, shout out to Warhorse who does that intro who has been used uh, repeatedly recently on AEW Dark or Dark Elevation. And a huge shout out to uh, Heather Reckless, who's one of our favorite indie wrestlers, who has been used the last, I think, three weeks in a row on Dark or Dark Elevation. Um, So, you know, like tonight, you could go to AEW's channel right now and watch Heather Reckless against Anna Jay on this week's episode. And we like Good job Heather on Reckless. losing that intro, bud. Yeah, I'm so fucking pissed. There was something, I, I had them all, I had Heather Reckless and a couple of the other uh, women's wrestlers at the Zello Pro record, just real quick ones. Um, and and there was, I had an uh, error with my phone camera where it didn't record properly. And I ended up with a still image and some audio, but not enough audio to even just use. It was, it was dumb. So I'm so pissed that I don't have Heather Reckless's intro Damn. but anyways so we're gonna go ahead and start off with worst match of the night and this is gonna be a tough one because to remind people this was forbidden door where the biggest stars from new japan pro came and wrestled the biggest stars that aren't hurt from aew <laughs> um, or that aren't hurt from new japan <laughs> Yeah, because it was a shit show going up into the mm-hmm. Forbidden Door. Yep. We had well, New Japan didn't have someone... too many injuries, but they did have some illnesses. Right. So. Hello, Lord Coast, Lord Lord Seacoss. Oh, Lordy, 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 mm. Lord Lux. Anyway, Lord Coast. I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go ahead and throw one out, and I'm going to get it. Oh, um. But I'm not going to do the misogynist thing that JLB is going to do, and we already know that that's where he's going. So well, I'm thanks actually... for predicting. Uh, get out of my head, you spider <laughs> bit bastard! <laughs> spider uh, power confirmed. <laughs> God damn it! Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, oh, it was the the two three uh, tr- the trios match the. Uh, Shit, why can't I remember now? That's also part of his superpower for getting shit. Uh the yes. the one with uh Minoru Suzuki and Jericho Appreciation Society versus No, I know that was actually better than the other one. Okay. So, so um the dudes with attitudes versus bullet that club. one. Okay. Yep. That was a great match. Like that's that an A match. match. That was yeah. But I, I thought was it was surprised. the worst match in the pay per view. Oh. Okay. That Sting jump didn't do it for you, huh? Just didn't put it up there? No? 
Hey, listen, one move doesn't make a, does not a whole match make. Does not a whole match make? Okay, so apparently bad English is also uh, a superpower no. that you get when you bite. When you get a one move bite. does not make a whole match. Does not yeah. a whole match make. See? Sure. It's ye olde English. Ye olde English. Yeah. I might want to take you down to ye old orchard then. That's my worst rest of the night, and I called it a day. Yeah, well, that's the deal. Is I, I, I was gonna say for this pay per view, even the worst match is probably better than ninety percent of the matches on the pay per view so far this year. Yeah, if you wanted to wear your best pay per view of, the, of this year so far, I think for this pay per view all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh how about you? But for me, match worst match of the night. It's tough because I get what you're saying about dudes with attitudes versus bullet club. Um for me it's it probably actually was the other trios match. The Suzuki I don't blame you, society. Um, and, Anytime and then, you have and, Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki in a match, there's going to be a, a certain amount of inside that you just go, I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that fucker doesn't sell any of the slaps, Suzuki, like, come on, man. Sell it a little. I know you're supposed to be this tough fucking bastard, but slaps like, come hurt. on. Ugh. Um, I I think I might have to maybe agree with that though. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had to make sure to share that. So those listening just to audio only, I just shared an image. I'll probably put it up on our Facebook page. I did not create this. Fun fact, I by the way, found it and just stole it. So. When you upload it to Anchor, you can also upload it with the video for Spotify specifically. So you sure can. can. Don't want to. Really? Well, I don't want to because that means I have to edit the the file as a video file, which with my fucking stupid computer. Um, you don't have to edit it. It just it goes up right away like that. No, because I have to trim things because I don't I don't just take the audio file and upload it with the whole two minute um, countdown to. Uh, to us going live and all of the outro music and all that stuff. I edit those things out. And sometimes I edit large pauses out of the middle because sometimes we just sit here and go, um... So leave it in. Fuck it. No, I don't want to do that. Right. I've said no. Right. Fucking... No means I, no. I, 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 I gotta be honest with you here. Our, um, our Spotify views are shit. So I'm not worried about... Spotify in in the slightest, right? Fucking. Do you All see right. that fucking line in the sand that he just drew? Yep, he drew a fucking line. The line in that sand. fucking sand. If, if Spotify wants to prove uh, that you know we should start uploading the video podcast, they should start sending more listeners our way in the first place. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but quite frankly, we get more views. On all of the uh, the live streams and basically every other service 
than we get from Spotify. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Apple Podcast is 35% of our listens. Web browsers, 31. Pandora's 23. TuneIn's 4%. Other is 8%. Spotify mm. is part of other. <laughs> nice. Right. It's okay. Spotify fucking sucks. Exactly. So why fucking deal with uploading it? As- you don't like Neil Young? We don't like you either, Spotify. Mm. But please still upload our podcast. I mean, yeah, if they if they don't want to, I'll take it to um, the circle. So I'm gonna fair. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna I was gonna agree with you, uh, but I was heavily disappointed by the Thunder Rosa Tony Storm match. Oh, big surprise. Misogyny! It lives. <laughs> no, not at all. I just was expecting more. I thought it was very quick. Um based oh, off I of they didn't give enough time. I definitely maybe okay maybe not their fault maybe to get enough time whatever have you but man i i figured they would have enough time with all the fast intros they were doing with the entrances and all that i i i, I could tell they were definitely doing that to cut a lot of time from the matches and that was great so you can have more match time but that tony storm thunder rosa match please uh smarks if you do want to tell me the time of that match but i'm saying that match was under 10 minutes um it was over 10 minutes by 40 seconds. Oh. Um, oh. But it was it, it was admittedly the shortest match of the night. It would have been nicer to see it go a little bit longer. Like, I felt um, I've seen a better Thunder Rosa versus... Uh, and I love Tony Storm. This has nothing to do with the woman in the match per se. But uh, based off the hype from the match, and I don't know. I, I just feel like they were maybe even just getting started kind of thing. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of foreplay, 10 minutes, but they were See, just I, getting started. I too misogynistic there, just just a tad, just yeah, DA thing breaking up, so we yeah. can't hear what he's saying. Oh, oh, regato, Mr. Rabato. Yeah. So while while we figure out why we can't hear what the hell he's saying, um I I disagree on it being worse, back. but I there you are. Um, you I just agree on you saying, yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, sorry, it was a connection thing. I had to switch to Wi-Fi. Um, One job. So, uh, I would say that, that you know, after the two uh, trios matches, the New Japan Pro Championship was tough to follow because it was so much going on. Like that's that's the worst thing I can say about this pay per view is that yeah. some of the matches had too much going on. So, um, just to to uh, give some evidence as to why JLB is wrong, um, Bleacher Report <laughs> gave the Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm an A minus. Um, and uh, let's figure out which one was the lowest. Uh, da, da, da. Jesus, that was a B plus. Okay, not using the kickoff show. The lowest grade so far is a B, which is kind of what we expect. Uh, um, yeah, the B is looking like it is the 
lowest grade. They got a lot of A's on this thing. So the B's is, agrees with DFA. Bullet Club versus Dudes with Attitude was the lowest. But that, again, it's a B, right? Right. Um, no, I mean, I'm saying it being the worst match doesn't mean I'd give it like a fail grade or a C or anything I'm, like that. But my, my point is that there's no fucking uh, point here. This is my opinion. There's no point. It is not the worst match. There's no of the night. fucking point. It is, it is categorical. But the not. point is, does there's no point? It's my opinion. No, there is a point. No, my no point, point is, is that you're, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> my point is, you're going to bed every single time. Every right. single time. Thank you, Knaps, for uh, no, not it's not true. That is not a valid point at all. On Revolution, I guarantee you, I did not pick a women's match. Jay Naps, enjoy. Take a good Jay Nap. Right. Oh, is he going to smoke before he sleeps? That's cool for him. <laughs> anyway, so, moving forward. Moving forward. So, so I, I, I can see DFA's point and could concede it. And and the thing is, I don't, I don't think the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and and Suzuki Goon. Versus uh, BCC and uh, Shota Umina uh, was a bad match, and it was uh, it was maybe the best match to start the show off with. Uh, yeah, I, I think that benefited a lot from opening the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really good to see, uh, specifically Shota, um, a, like a new face from New Japan uh, for us to kind of introduce us to that style without overloading it but yeah anyways um we'll move on to most predictable moment and this one um i i can't speak for the others but i think my choice for most predictable moment might um be a little controversial for me picking it as most predictable oh, i'm sorry most predictable moment um jay white and john moxley winning Those two figure, especially the John Moxley winning after Jay White won. I was so hoping they would put it on Tanahashi, just for a little bit. Give give him a month, uh, so that then when Omega comes back, we could have Omega versus Tanahashi. Um, for was there any New Japan teams that won in this pay per view? Um, I mean, yeah, some of them won. The, um. None like I mean well, well I mean besides Osprey. Yeah, Jay White won, Osprey won. Yeah. Um technically uh there was a new Japan member on the Jericho Appreciation Society, Minoru yep. Suzuki. So someone from New Japan won there. In technically fact, there was a New Japan Bullet Club member in the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact there were only uh two matches except for the women's match, which didn't have any New Japan people in it. Two of the other matches right. that did not feature a New Japan person in the winner's circle. And that mm. was the uh, triple threat for the uh, tag titles, um, which had Rapongi Vice versus FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Great Okan. And so FTR won that. Um, that's one that didn't have any New Japan in the final. And then Pac versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors, uh, which Pac won. Um, those are the only two matches that didn't feature a New Japan in the winner's circle. Question for you guys. 
Was Carl Connors always supposed to be the guy? No, it was supposed to be. Um, fuck it, I can't remember. Because I was very confused. I'm but, like, I don't remember seeing this guy even fight. We we didn't we didn't see the New Japan uh, qualifying matches. It happened on New Japan. But oh, okay. He had a match against um, fuck, I can't remember the name. But anyways, right right before uh, he came down with a fever and couldn't wasn't allowed to fly. Probably so got he, by a fucking spider. So he he <laughs> he was stuck in Japan. So they had to call call Clark Connors, who was the person that he beat. Clark Connors, that's it. Uh, uh, to to come in and and uh, take over. So he was the last, and I'd say last minute, like literally they announced it during during the airing of Rampage, of Rampage, but not on Rampage. It was like like a, a social media post during the airing on Friday night said, um, Tom, Tomohiro Ishii, that's the person who was supposed to be there. And we've seen Ishii fight on AEW before. Uh, he's a big fire plug of a guy and takes a big beating. Um, I actually think that Clark Connors might have improved this match over Ishii. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, he was fire. He, he was I really want to see him more in the States. I, or in I, as I watched him, I, I said to myself, I really want to see him versus Hangman Page for the title of uh, the cowboy, right? Because mm. Hangout Page is the anxious millennial cowboy, and Clark Connors comes out wearing a cowboy hat and fucking cowboy boots. Not on my house. Not on my watch. Mm-hmm. He's the raging grano. <laughs> but so, most predictable moment. Okay, really? I'll go ahead and, and say most, what my predictable most predictable moment. You guys got a name? Mine is Claudio Casanoli. And it, I, I say it's controversial. Because it was a fucking phenomenal moment. But uh, I think almost all of us, as soon as they said, you know, Daniel Bryan has picked his replacement. Uh, I don't know, man. Gargano was, uh, was trending like a motherfucker, though. Only because he tweeted out a photo that showed that he had a two-hour layover in Chicago. And he specifically on that said... Um, I know, I know all you marks or whatever. I can't remember the thing, but I know all you wrestling fans are going to look at this and and say I'm lying. But I'm literally only there for two hours, and literally, uh, I want to say it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. He then tweeted a photo of him on the flight to Orlando. Um, so anyone who follows him on Twitter knew it wasn't Gargano. Uh, but on top of that. When it came down to when the big thing for me was when they announced that uh, he would also be the next member of the BCC. Because um, Gargano does not fit the BCC. Right. I want to see Gargano in AEW very, very badly. Right. But he is not a BCC member. He doesn't fit that. Um, And as soon as I saw that, I was like, no, it's got to be Claudio. Uh and it was. And so for me, that was the most predictable moment. Now, I was fucking an awesome moment. Right. Um, and he came out and he fucking rocked it. But, like, I wasn't surprised. I am so happy he just didn't do his finisher and it was fucking over. It actually ended mm-hmm. up being a fucking long match. And, yeah, it was just awesome. 
Um, yeah, I honestly, I'm gonna go with John Moxley winning though. I was really, really disappointed in that and and that last match. I'm kind of tired of Moxley just always bleeding, and it's always he he randomly comes up with some crazy good matches, and I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it was the last match and I was kind of just done and over with, or I just really didn't give a shit. First two-time AEW champion, though. Yep, that's valid. That's that's history right there. Or WWE yeah. guys. Now, now I will say that I again I not surprised Moxley won mostly because I think they were like we we're going to put the title on one of our guys, and and Moxley probably had the most um the most important run as champion let's say the most successful yeah. run like jericho was the first one and he uh kind of uh, led the way but when moxley took over it's it's when things really went and then kenny omega and then hangman's run to some people was disappointing um facts and i i wasn't super disappointed here's the thing with hangman's run that I always hold on to it is uh, Hangman was the first in a long time babyface, like true babyface champion. In fact, it was the first AEW true babyface champion, right? Yeah. Uh, and babyface champions almost always feel a little disappointing in their run. Uh, the The best championships are almost always heel champions because they can do all of the heel fucking shit you know right but anyways that i understand i wasn't surprised by john moxley winning i was just really hoping during it i was like tanahashi for a very short interim because tanahashi versus cm punk would be phenomenal but i really want to see tanahashi super baby face yeah, he is super baby. That's why I want to be a short run. Have him win. Have him just stay over here for a month, however long it takes for, for Omega to come back. And then Omega comes out in his fucking heel persona and says, listen, I never got a rematch. I lost that thing to Hangman, and I never got my rematch. So I'm calling in my clause in my contract. I want a match against Tanahashi, and I want it tonight. And oh, then... Tanahashi can lose it with heel tactics, you know, fucking oh, uh, what's his fuck on the outside helping, distracting the ref, you know, all of that shit. Oh, yeah, what's coming. his fuck? Yeah, what's his fuck? I, 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 uh, Callus, Don Callus. I couldn't think of Don Callus' name. Yes, um, you're right. What's his fuck is, is good, good as anything. Um, I like it. Yep. But, uh, but so that's that was like the the thing that went through my head. How cool would this be? Um, but you know, I understand why they put it on Moxley because he was a very successful champion, and uh, Moxley versus CM Punk will be a fun match down the road. They could still do the uh, Kenny Omega comes back and challenges Moxley. The only reason I didn't want that is because they've already done Omega versus Moxley. It was great. Right. I'd like to see something new. Um, but anyways, 
We will move on to botch of the night. Oh, all the high flying, whatever injured Adam Cole. Yeah, <laughs> that's man. what I was gonna say. Is is I think the only real answer is whatever took Adam Cole out. And I I need to rewatch that match, that ending to to figure I'm out exactly. Sleeper suplex. Yeah, but it's it's uh. It's I just gotta rewatch that match again. Yeah, man. I... It's reportedly a concussion, and yeah. they were able to identify very fast. Dude can't finish, so let's just jump to the finish, because the the finish ended up seeming really rushed. Yeah. Um, it, it came it, off really weird. Like yeah. it was a good match, but I mean, you know, shit happens, and I get it. Like yeah. I'm not gonna. I mean, that being said, know. it was still the longest match of the night. Hmm. So, like, it, it couldn't have cut too much off of the end. And the the story of Jay White just sneaking a victory because someone was hit by someone else's finisher or whatever, and then he sneaks in and gets the cover, that really sells Jay White as the, you know, sneaky heel. So, right. KG heel. So, I, I have suspicion the finish was designed to be something similar or at least something along those lines. But it did still feel like they were like, we got to do it now. Just yeah. cover him. Okay. But um, I, I, I do, does anyone disagree that that shouldn't be considered botch of the night? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, I can't remember anything else. So, yeah, yeah. I would agree. That's, I, I can't remember that's anything that I would classify as a botch right. in the entire rest of the night. Right. Nothing. I mean, Rapongi Vice not winning the championships, but that's just a personal thing. Yeah. I really like Rapongi Vice. I agree. <laughs> I like Rapongi Vice. I love Jeff Cobb. Uh, yeah. Jeff Cobb's a beast. Yeah, and Great Ocon is, is funny. Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm a Trent Beretta fan and Rocky Romero is is um stud. He's a Just stud. Just stud. a little tiny stud. Exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would have been happy if Rapagi Vice would have won. Uh I don't hate FTR winning. I would have been happy with any of them winning. Uh but I also know, you know, there's now FTR is now the Ring of Honor and IWGP. Um, and recently was the AAA. Mm-hmm. They might even still technically be, but um, let's find out. They might still be, but anyways. Um, so I don't have a problem with it. I uh, yeah, they're still the AAA. <laughs> Their fucking chatter so machine they're... out of nowhere was great in that match. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? Wait. Okay, and... And and I'm I'm gonna say right now I love I prefer the name Shatter Machine to Big Rig. I don't know why they changed it to Big Rig. I yeah, like the, it's the same move. Just call it a Shatter Machine and move on. But anyways, um, so we will move on to uh, uh, DFA had a a uh, a new one that he wanted to put in. Is it a worst or a best side? Uh, well, it's one for each. One for each. Okay. So there's so, a. Lifetime Achievement Award, the Amber Heard Lifetime Achievement Award, and the um, the uh, pick female actress of your choice that's exceptional in history Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. Well, we'll so, go ahead and do that uh, one here. It, it, it makes <laughs> sense, but just to throw it in here. 
I don't have a graphic. So the Amber Heard Lifetime Achievement Award, my nomination, hands down, Monaro Suzuki. I'm tired of seeing him. I don't want to see him on AEW anymore because he no sells because his attire kind of makes me want to vomit. All of yeah. it. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Monaro Suzuki is my Amber Heard Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, I mean, Americanize a little bit for the American audience. Yeah, just a tad. Like it just—he really comes off like he just doesn't give a shit about being there. And the fans got to stop getting behind him because I'm fucking done with him. And fuck That's the funny. fans for getting behind him. <laughs> you got anything, Smarks? Uh, well, I'm I am not as um. Anti Minoru Suzuki, not, as we not are. as tired of Minoru Suzuki as you guys are. So, um, and so because of that, I'm trying to think if there's anyone that I I really want to nominate on this. Um, Who do you feel like lies to you on the stand? Looking through. Looking through. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm fucking. You can you can say hey, I don't want to give out that award tonight. Yeah, I, I I might have to. Like, uh, I I guess if I can include the uh, kickoff show. Yeah. The pre-show. It's QT Marshall. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Get out of here. I think that being said, uh, Lance Archer versus Nick Carmarado. We don't normally talk about the kickoff show, but that was a really fun match, even though it was it's only six minutes long. Uh, you know, just two big, big men slapping meat. Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then the Swerve in Our Glory versus El Desperado and uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, uh, was a fun match. Uh, yeah, how did Lee end up being the guy who underperforms in that match? I mean, he was he, Swerve was the star. That's for sure. Yeah, Max um, Caster like had a great match, a great great rap before the match, um, and I really, really, really uh, can't wait until AEW releases uh, "Scissor Me, Daddy Ass" shirts. Uh, <laughs> and if they won't, we will. Yeah, <laughs> um. I also liked the the storyline they told with that one was uh, the gun club and Max Caster came down and then um, right as they got in the ring to go against the, the New Japan LA Dojo, um, the Danhausen played the uh, new Ass Boys theme song and both the Ass Boys ran off to beat up Danhausen. And so it was just Max Caster and Billy Gunn to... Uh, to fight these young lions and and they won and so it really made Max Caster and Billy Gunn look like rock Stubbly. stars, you know, and and now Billy Gunn can be all angry at them because you left us. You're the ass boys from now on, and then we can have here's the ass boys, Billy ass and the ass boys, so anyways. We will move on to overhype of the night. This is a tough one, though. Was there a match on this thing that was hyped up and didn't live up to the hype? 
Uh, I'm going to go with the same uh, same one I had earlier, which was uh, the attitudes versus Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be bigger than it was, and maybe I don't know. I I'm not entirely behind a 63 year old man jumping from 20 feet in the air. I'm just not. It, it, <laughs> it makes my heart stop every time I see it. But I mean, at least it wasn't repelling from the ceiling. But yeah, ah. well, that's what I was really worried because they did that whole thing where they put the the spotlight up on the balcony. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck are you gonna do it? Just come zip lining in or some shit like that. No. (laughs) And then no, he's just jumping off something tall. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, no. What? (laughs) Um, my the, the only reason I. I don't choose that one. Is El Fantasmo? Yeah, dude. Nobody like I didn't know, and then I knew. Mm-hmm. And that dude's. I mean, he's the high point of that match. Fucking, fucking fire is what he is. Yes. Um, Shingo Takagi was just kind of there for me, so whatever. I like seeing Hikaleo on the outside. This was originally supposed to be an eight-man match. Um, and, uh, there was an injury to, uh, the, the fourth person on the dudes with attitudes. Um, yeah. And I can't remember who it was supposed to be. Let me see. Um, Hiromu, maybe. Anyways, I don't even remember. But he was, I, I think, injured, couldn't couldn't travel, so they moved it down to just a six-man. Yeah, I also don't care for the fact that there weren't more Bullet Club members that came out. Yeah. Well, I and, mean, and I'll, I'll say, this isn't directly with this match. This actually goes more to later matches. But I would have preferred to, to see a little bit more fallout to the betrayal that uh, Adam Cole did on Jay White. Yeah, that match. I would like to see a little bit more. Like afterwards, Jay White's leaving, and the the young bucks are coming out, and then maybe some members of Bullet Club come out and get in the face of of the young bucks and be like, because there were other people there. I mean, they had um, Juice Robinson and a couple other people. Well, the the two that lost the tag tag titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, El Desperado and no. Because uh, United Empire aren't part of that, uh, but there was Bullet Club in one of the other ones, and I'm trying to remember. What it, anyways, uh, doesn't matter. They yeah. they they had more. They had ones just up up in the uh, like in the box seats. Sure. They yeah. had Juice Robinson up there because they did this whole thing about how Juice Robinson claims to uh, still be the IWGP United States Champion because he never lost it. They just took it from him because he was sick and so he still has the belt so he's still the actual u.s champion not will osprey who won the tournament to replace him i will say in that match i truly thought orange was gonna win because i thought they wanted to do orange juice robinson i thought orange was gonna win because it looked like he was gonna fucking win a few times. <laughs> that's true that's true um 
But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, you know, listen, I understand the, the line that uh, Tony Khan has to walk on this thing. If he ever wants to do a Forbidden Door 2, which we know he does. Uh, you don't beat all, all yeah, their guys. You've got to let their guys look like rock stars, too. And so he's got to walk this line. Jay White had to look like a, uh, a star and the legitimate IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Um, Tanahashi had to look like a star even in loss. Will Ospreay had to look like a star. Uh, but you, at the same point, want your own stars to look like stars too. And that's why he, he walked a really good line by trying to make sure in almost every match there was a New Japan star on the winning team. You know what I mean? Yep. The only the only one, like I said, the only one that didn't have uh, uh, one on the winning team with only two was the tag match and the the um, All Atlantic match. But uh, on the pre-show, Billy Gunn and the and uh, Max Caster beat all of the Young Lions. That's the only one that was like a strong, like we're gonna beat up. You know, it was a five-minute match. Anyways, but it wasn't taking Kazuchika Okada and burying his ass. It was taking the New Japan LA Dojo, which by their nature are in training. It's it's roughly like if they said, "Here's Max Caster and the Gun Club versus um, these people from the Performance Center." Yeah, you know, they're still in training. It's fine for them to lose. That's what training is about. Moving on, we, we've only got a few more worst, and then we get to the best. So worst performance of the night. This can be in-ring, or it can be outside of the ring. It can be uh, the fucking people performing the Billy Ass and the Ass Boys uh, song. I, it's not them, but it could be if you wanted to. Worst performance of the night. It's a tough one. There weren't a lot of worsts in this night. Ooh. Zack Sabre Jr. for losing oh. to a guy who hasn't wrestled in months. <laughs> but he killed it, though. Uh, that That entire match, though, just made me uh, sad that we weren't seeing Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, yeah, I don't blame you. That, that's really what it, I, I was like. Ah, I love I love Claudio. We've talked for years about how we'd love to see Claudio in AEW, um, but just watching it, I'm like, oh, how much better would this be if it was Zack Sabre versus Brian Danielson? Oh. Um. God, it's so hard to say shit like this, but I think Miro performed the worst in that match. And therefore... I thought he looked strong. I don't know. I thought me that was no. one of Miro's best performances. I'm, to I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hot take. Yeah. Uh, this one's legit. Um Dax Harwood. For missing 
three quarters of that match. Yes, he was a stud when he came back, and it's a really great moves for a guy who just had his shoulder separated storyline. Mm-hmm. But he still wasn't there for three quarters of that match. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I get that. For me, it was just like, in the end, I just really, like, Connors hit a spear on Miro. Miro put the game over on uh, on Pac, but it was broken up. It, it nope, just, like, like, I have a better one. Okay. Alistair Black for not realizing there was a fucking child right there when you're setting up the table. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Worth. I thought Great he was going to poke the kid in the eye with the leg of the table. Um, but yeah, like, and, and again, we said this before, this, there were no bad performances. Even the worst was still a good performance. That's right? a bad performance. You watch out for kids, man. Mm. Don't put your kids front row, man. <laughs> Wrong. 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 <laughs> Wrong. Nope wrong um we're gonna go ahead and move on worst move of the night uh i'm just gonna go ahead and answer whatever fucking move knocks adam cole out that was the only bad move of the night as far as i could tell i'd agree i agree well do we know what move it was no but whatever it was it was bad if you if you give the person taking the move a concussion, it's ob- obviously the worst move. That's my argument. Your whole your whole job as a wrestler is to make moves look bad but not actually hurt the person. Um, now I'm not saying I'm not saying they they did anything wrong. I'm just saying that something went wrong with that move. And that instantly makes it the worst move of the night because the rest of the night, nobody got hurt. Like, seriously hurt. Everyone was banged up. Fucking Moxley was bleeding like a stuck pig. But those were all planned things and designed. Uh, But Adam Cole getting a concussion and then forcing the end of that match to be... It's a bad move. That's the only way you can say it, in my opinion. Do you disagree? No, I mean, but shit happens. But shit does happen, but it still can be the worst, right? Yeah, for sure. If if you're watching a NASCAR race and the whole race goes off without a flaw, except at some one point someone clips another guy's uh, back corner and sends him into the wall and he flips out and he, he crashes, right? That is the worst moment in that ma- in that race, even if it was just an accident. It's still the worst. Fair. This was the worst move because it injured someone and none of the other moves injured anyone. That's my argument. Eddie Kingston removing the shoulder straps. <laughs> you have a point. I agree. That was <laughs> so it's like, like he's not ready for sex or something. He's like, no. oh. I, uh, <laughs> I like Eddie Kingston and I love the fact that he his character is like the everyday guy sort of character. And more specifically, the like thirty-five-year-old everyday guy, but he, but you're also a professional athlete, man. Yeah. So um, maybe 
just maybe work out a little bit. Look healthier than that fat guy that yep. was standing next to the ramp at Raw yep. that we saw on TV. <laughs> yep, or the shorter fat guy next to him. That's, <laughs> look that's all healthier than him. Yeah, look healthier than like, the unhealthy Don't look fat like guy. you smoke a pack a day and, you know, eat whatever you want kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't look like me. <laughs> don't look like you get out of breath jogging up the three steps to the Taco Bell front door. <laughs> One, two, three. <sighs> I mean, and I'm granted, look, there, there's wrestlers like, you know, Samoa Joe, who does it no problem, but he's more athletic than, you know. I, I uh, would argue that Samoa Joe looks in better shape, even though he's a larger guy and probably weighs more than Eddie Kingston. Uh, but he's in better shape. Um, Eddie and- Kingston's a glorified Brooklyn brawler, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's just ugh. Eddie Kingston is really is tough billed to get at two hundred and forty four pounds. That's what he's billed at, right? Jeff Cobb is billed at two hundred and eighty eight pounds, right? Uh so Jeff Cobb is a lot bigger a lot heavier than uh, Eddie Kingston. He's also four inches shorter than Eddie Kingston. But if you put Eddie Kingston and Jeff Cobb side by side, everyone would say that Eddie Kingston looks in worse condition than Jeff Cobb, even though he's given up almost 40 pounds to Jeff Cobb. Yep. Anyway... And again, this is not this is not about body shaming. I want to be clear because I'm a fat guy. I'm a fat, <laughs> fat, fat ass, right? Um, and I've got another fat, fat, fat ass on this uh, show with me, and uh, and and JLB is also not Screw super that. skinny. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> and so, so th- I, this is not me. But uh, the difference is, I'm not paid money to uh, to play an athlete on TV. Um, yes, you can still be an everyday guy and uh, be in a little bit better shape, right? I'm not saying I want uh, Eddie Kingston to be fucking Brian Cage and just absolutely jacked. That's not what I want. No. Right? No, but I mean, Bastion Booger was more believable as his role than Eddie Kingston is in the back back alley brawler. It just I I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a dick. I mean, it's probably it's pretty usual for you. So we're gonna move yeah. on to worst moment of the night. This is the last of the worst. So what was the worst moment of the night as a whole? I, I'm going to give you my worst moment, and it's going to sound like I'm pandering. And everyone's going to look at me and go, meh. Um, my worst moment was uh, when the credits rolled, for lack of a oh, better term. Jesus Christ. After John Knoxley. Because I, I, was, I was ready for there to be half an hour more show. I know they filled the time. It was a nice, nice length of show but i wasn't ready for it to be over 
I you know why though? Because I literally feel I really one. I'm gonna tell you this is not the best pay per view of the year. I'm sorry. I I did feel Revolution was better. Or double or nothing. I don't know. I don't know which one was. Uh, I honestly. We, we previously had said Revolution was the best show of the year. So. Okay. So I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I overhyped myself too, perhaps. This could be a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I, 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 I think I liked the buy-in better. The pre-show matches. To be honest with you, I felt like it gave me more. That Keith Lee swerve match with those uh, DKC guys. Um, was it DKC? Um, that was, yeah, the Gun Club and Max Caster. Uh, Gun Club, yeah, okay. And also the other one. I, I really, honestly, I, I'll, I'll get to my best. Um, but honestly, like... I'll go back here. Oh my god, I'm huge. Um, or I'm the not what 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 was the compliment you gave me? <laughs> the less not. fat, the not skinny one. The I don't know. I can't remember. That was, <laughs> that. What was what like five minutes ago? You think I'm gonna remember that? Oh, that's fair. Um what was I saying though? I was I yeah I don't know the the matches that I thought would have been the big hits for me, just wasn't. And I was actually pleasantly surprised by, you know, the Orange Cassidy and the Osprey, uh, the the Atlantic Championship match, for me, was, Fuego, almost maybe dare I say, best match of the night. I really enjoyed that match. Okay. You know, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that though. We'll get to that. So worst we'll moment of the night. There are two. MJF didn't do squat. And I understand that that's part of the story that he's gone. But I expected something. Because he's a pillar. Okay. And then B or number two. Not having stardom or an announcement of a stardom crossover involved. So on the media scrum afterwards, they talked about stardom. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. Stardom is owned by Bushiroad, who owns New Japan. But it's important. It is not part of New Japan. And so um, the stardom wrestlers don't have the same visas that New Japan wrestlers do, and they were not able to get uh, the women's wrestlers cleared uh, for their visas because Stardom had their own show last weekend, too. I understand. So they weren't able to do any of that stuff, and because of that, since this is a once-in-a-year thing, now, he 100% said he's planning on doing something with Stardom. But that was a scrum. That was and I would have liked to have been announced sooner. Uh, but my, I, I guess what I'm saying is the announcement in the scrum is there's nothing to announce. 
we don't we don't have anything that we can announce yeah. and i and and he made the choice to rather than say we're gonna do something with stardom tbd right um he would prefer to wait until he can actually announce here's the stardom crossover show yeah um, he needs to work his tail off to pull that off and the reason he does is in 2019 we said the best best pay-per-view of the year for wwe was evolution wwe has been too stupid to jump on that and enjoy it again and boy do they somebody needs to do it in the u.s and they have the and quite frankly AEW has the roster and needs the boost So, um, and they could do that in Omaha. The arenas are big enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to first take, take this time to say I disagree with JLB. Um, but that's a mm-hmm. shocker there. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, I'm going to give my spoiler for, uh, the final of this thing. I am going to vote for this as best pay-per-view of the year so far. Oh, okay. Um, me too. To to me, this as a whole was a more satisfying paper. Now that's not saying saying Revolution was bad. Revolution was an A plus pay per view. This was an A plus plus. The the only the only bad thing that happened this entire pay per view main card right was Adam Cole getting a concussion and them finishing that match thirty seconds earlier, right. I would say uh, the lack of women's matches is also the. Mm-hmm. Well, there was only one, right? Yeah. yeah. There was only one. Um, and that's and because they were crossing over with a brand that doesn't have. Doesn't have women. Yes. And so instead of taking up extra spots that could be filled with New Japan wrestlers, uh, they tried to do just the one. Now, I'll point out Revolution only had two women's matches. So it's not like we're comparing, you know, a show that had four high quality women's matches. And, uh, you know, to one that only had one, right? It's it's uh, one to two. I'm also going to tell you uh, and remind JLB that the second of the two women's matches on Revolution was, if I'm correct, your pick for worst match of the night, and that was Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti, and it was only six minutes long. So... Um, I mean, yeah, that does that definitely sounds like me, though. Yeah, and so, so the you know, so we, I mean, we can just like compare the the card. They had roughly the same number of matches, nine main card matches. So, uh, just slightly less on the pre-show, but we're not going to compare the pre-show. It kicked off with Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho, right? Whereas this one was uh, Jericho Appreciation Society which had two other members in it there, Sammy Guevara and Minoru Suzuki, versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and, and Wheeler, Yua, mm. Wheeler Yuta. And to me, the addition of those extra people, even though this was my choice for worst match of the night, makes it a more compelling match than just Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. Right. Right. Um, then you had uh, the tag team match. Jurassic Express defeated Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, right? Um, that lines up pretty easily with FTR versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice. Um, 
I am going to say that uh, I think the quality of all three teams is slightly higher in the Forbidden Door. If only because I I love Red Dragon. I like Jurassic Express, and this was uh, uh, when they became the tag team champions, right? I thought the Young Bucks were in this match just like to be in it, you know, to be spot monkeys. And, and I prefer when you bring in instead Jeff Cobb and uh, Great O'Conn and then Rapongi Vice. And there's a little bit of sentimentality with I love Rapongi Vice, but I thought this was a better overall match there. Uh, you've got um, Wardlow versus Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassie, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks in the Face of the Revolution ladder match. This was the start of the turn for Wardlow at, at Revolution. That was a big thing there. Uh, but then you come to to this one. You that's where they put the FTR um, match. Uh, excuse me. That's the Pack versus Clark Connors versus Miro versus Malachi Black. To me, that was a better match. Face of the Revolution ladder match is usually a clusterfuck. Um, it can be entertaining, but it's, you know, it's a whole lot of shit going on. This was a little easier to follow. Probably the, uh, uh, biggest one is the next one is Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti, which would go head to head with dudes with attitudes versus bullet club. Mm -hmm. Maybe you go one way or the other on that. I know which way JLB goes because he's a misogynist. Um, <laughs> oh my but, God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, that could go kind of either way. But um, on Forbidden Door, then you had Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. On this one, you had CM Punk versus MJF. This was their dog collar match. I'll give that to Revolution. Head-to-head -head those matches, Re Revolution wins there, right? Then you've got uh, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Um, or on the last one, on Revolution, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Right, you could go either way. Uh, on that, I oh, really, yeah. really, really Orange liked Osprey versus Orange Cassie. But you know, if, if you if you want to, Brit, this was Britt Baker beating Thunder Rosa to retain the women's championship. This was the start of the Thunder Rosa. Can Thunder Rosa come back and beat Britt Baker storyline? I get it. Um. Next, you had uh, Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Um, whereas this would be Zack Sabre versus Claudio Castagnoli. That's Moxley. Yeah. Revolution <laughs> wins there, right? Um, then you have Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting versus the Andrade Hardy family office, which is Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, that goes up against Jay White versus Hangman Page versus Kazuchika Okada versus Adam Cole. Is that even a question? Which one of those matches is the better one? Right. And then the final one, Hangman Page defeating Adam Cole or John Moxley versus Tanahashi. That's probably Revolution, too. That could be Revolution. But so there we've got, I think, three wins for Revolution and six wins for Forbidden Door. You With a couple of matches. With a couple of, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's why I think, is it, is it a really close race? Yeah. But I just, I felt more satisfied with the overall storyline and overall thing of this Forbidden Door. I'm also more excited for the concept of Forbidden Door 
next year. Uh, I like that it wasn't AEW versus. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, they they did a a really good job of walking that, like I said, walking that line of we got to make sure both sides look good out of this. And anytime you do just direct versus for every match, uh, <clears throat> you run the risk of it it looking like. Then there's like a time, winner at the pay per view. Yeah, like that time NXT beat Raw and SmackDown at Survivor Series, and then a week later was you know regulated to the regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that time that they uh or it might even was it even the same one where they forgot to count the the kickoff show match that SmackDown won, so they made it they talked about how it was a clean sweep for NXT, but SmackDown actually won a, a match. Anyways. So so that's my my thing. Um uh, but for me, like I just wasn't ready for this one to be over. Like I remember at the end of Revolution, I was I, my heart was beating because it was exciting and all this stuff. I was like, that was a fucking great show. Uh, but I was, like, satisfied with it being done. But when this, at, at Forbidden Door, I was like, there's got to be something more, right? They're, they're going to do something else. Are they going to do, is someone going to show up? Are they going to have, like, John Moxley celebrating and then fucking, you know, Omega shows up? Or or is this where you have, have you know, um, uh, Johnny Wrestling swerve us all, and he wasn't actually on the plane. He's going to come out, you know, or is this something? And so I, I was just like, when when the the little copyright twenty twenty two all elite wrestling, you know, comes up and it fades to black, I was like, oh, why why isn't there a little more? You're okay. Why? So that was my worst well- moment. I can't remember. Fabe, did you give a worse moment? Yeah. Stardom. I thought that was worst move, not worst moment. I don't know. Maybe I'm not remembering. Worst moment. Okay. No so MJF, no stardom. Yeah. No, M- MJF, yeah. That was it, right. So, anyways, we'll move on to the best. Now we're on the best things, best moment of the night. Single moment, not like overall storyline but best moment what was the best moment for you it for me it was uh one of two i felt this is the first time that people would have looked at thunder rosa as a legitimate champion she just had had some matches and her promo skills don't overwhelm um, and at the end of that match, I thought she was a, le- a very legitimate champion. Um, the other one that lands at <laughs> best moment was, uh, orange Cassidy putting the sunglasses on. I can't remember. His uh, name. Was, um, Shibata. Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Did we lose JLB? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. When Shibata came out, that that might have been not not the sunglasses, but just Shibata coming out might have been, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best moment, one of the best moments. There's Um, a whole bunch of people who are going to say Claudio Castagnoli. I'm not dogging that. No. Mm -hmm. 
I think well, that was I mean, just an I mean, that pop, rest. that pop was huge, though. It it was, like, yeah, you know, that was sixteen thousand people just, oh. you know, yeah. just going ape shit. And I guess that was his music when he was back in the uh, Indies. Right? Um, I guess because everyone just knew the theme instantly. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I don't think it was the theme. I think it was a graphic that we didn't see popped up. Oh, uh, okay. And said uh, probably either uh, CSRO or Claudio Castagnoli. I didn't. I know eventually it said Claudio Castagnoli and it had the Swiss. Might even have just been the Swiss Plus, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's enough to easily know, you know, because he's known as the Swiss Superman. Um, um, like like I said, I I I can't knock people who say um, Claudio showing up. I I wasn't like surprised by it, and I think that's part of why um, Shibata showing up was legitimately a surprise, uh, especially considering in two thousand seventeen. Uh, he had a subdural hematoma that nearly killed him. Uh, like he collapsed backstage and uh, he had to go to the hospital and they said it was believed that he would never be cleared to wrestle again. And then in 2021, he showed up on the final night of the G1 Climax and said, yep, I'm back. I'm going to start wrestling. I mean, this... This injury and return for Shibata in New Japan is probably equal to the Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan injury and return in WWE, you know, for American or, or Edge returning. Um, uh, the only difference is, you know, with with Brian Danielson and Edge, they both got to give like a a farewell speech. Um. And, you know, Shibata, the best was he had made an appearance at the G1 Climax in 2017 and said, I am still alive. That is all. Um, but that's fucking, you know, like fucking you almost died backstage and then has come back. And when he walked out, even to and this is why I, I don't know, maybe it 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 hits me more. There was still a huge pop for him at an American audience show. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. It's not surprising that the American audience knew Claudio and, and, and popped for that. It was more surprising that enough of them knew Shibata. No, oh, Shizushko Okada had a pop. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't surprising. But Shibata was surprising. Mm-hmm. So, best uh, moment, JLB? Did you say? Uh, best moment. I'm gonna be lame, and I think I'm gonna say Claudio Castanelli because that honestly just shocked the <laughs> shit out of me. That's okay, but it's not okay. 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 It's very you can, lame. You can be basic. That's fine. That's I'm, fine. I'm a basic. No, bitch. that's not basic. basic. I popped like a motherfucker. Oh, I I, I popped like crazy. I just. It, for me, in terms of best moments of the night, it was maybe third. Still a great fucking moment, but there was the Shibata moment. Um, I think probably for me, second was Pac winning. I popped hard at that. that. 
Not to mention, it's not every day yeah, you see I an mean, the rhino share the ring. <laughs> to be and fair, little guys. <laughs> to be fair, though, I think Pac for me was like one of the biggest swerves. Um, to be fair. fair. To, to be, be fair. fair. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> um, Sorry. I don't, I don't know. It. I, like, it, it wasn't a swerve to me. Like, I heard a lot of people saying this is where Miro wins, but I was looking at this and I was like, nah, this is, to me, this is either Malachi Black or Pac. I um, was sure as shit rooting for Miro. Yeah. I though, And I think I, a lot of the reasons, um, Pac, because he's the, the closest thing to being an AEW original without being an AEW original, like, he has his history with WWE that you can't deny, but he was there from day one for AEW. And this is his first title in AEW. So I just felt like he was due. And they 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 had been building him up as this returning badass for a while. And then, like, the second choice was Malachi Black, just because I felt like this is the time where they could give House of Black a belt to be like, you know, now we're starting to run this show. Um, Miro's already held the TNT title multiple times right yeah because he had it and he lost it and he got it back and then lost it again i think yeah i think if i'm remembering correctly yep anyway no i i i think actually jlb is probably the his choice for best matches the vast majority of watchers of viewers yeah i mean and again i I have to, you know, it's, and I know I had an extra day technically to go and check it out and whatever have you, um, you know, but uh, that, that's just the one that stands out right now. You know what I mean? And it was a pretty big deal. Um, if I would have to give a second, I would be Pac winning. Cause I seriously thought it was mirrors for the taking. Um, just how strong they made him in that match. That's the most believable that I felt Miro was. Uh, so I did finally like how they were booking Miro. He did seem like a strong brute. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, what did you pick, Fabe? For best moment? Yeah. Uh, I picked either... Thunder Rosa becoming a legitimate champion. In other words, people weren't questioning whether or not she should hold the title for a little while longer. I think after this match, people went, okay, this is why. She she performed exceptional in that match. Mm-hmm. I, I also would like to point out that fucking uh, Tony Storm performed exceptional in that match. Yes. And, and, this- and that may be part of what it is. Is that Tony Storm is that good? Tony Storm is definitively a future women's champion. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that TK is justified in having Thunder Rose to be the champion for a while longer at this juncture. Um, and and there's something to be said for that because there's a lot of people who've been calling for for TK to go back to Britt Baker because it could feature the women's division. And yes, a good speaker like Britt Baker is good a plus. But Tony Storm can carry the speaking in that Thunder Rosa view. Thunder Rosa was still great in the match. Yeah. And her speaking is not bad by any means. Well, I, um, like, I like the storyline they told in it because 
uh, there were many times you thought you thought Tony Storm was about to win. Right? Yeah. And they and so they ended up telling effectively an underdog victory with the champion being the underdog, yes. you know? Yeah, I um, agree. Kind of looking like she was outmatched and then powering through and 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 getting it with, especially uh, ending with um, the uh, one of the Dustin Rhodes uh, signature ones. Yeah. And then the other one that I chose was uh, Orange Cassidy putting the, the shades on uh, Shikagi, is that what it is? Shibata. Shibata. Like, like Shibata bread, but with a Yeah, shift. Shibata bread. Uh-huh. Hey, first time exposure, man. You got to get some fabulous. No, that's why I'm coaching. Coaching, yeah. So, so we're going to move on to breakout star of the night. And this is always one of the tough ones for us to do because it's like almost all nope. of the wrestlers on this are already stars in uh, some way or another. But, I mean, not, not necessarily. Not hard. Connors. Connors, exactly. Connors, Con- Connors <laughs> might be might be the, the best choice for it. He, he looked like he wasn't even supposed to be at the show. It was supposed to be uh, yeah. Ishii, I think. The other one that's even close is El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo is another good thing. And like the only the only reason I say it it's tough because El Fantasmo is a member of Bullet Club and a legitimate star over in New Japan. The only reason he's not considered a legitimate star over here is because he doesn't wrestle over here. Correct. You know? Correct. Um but like Jeff Cobb looked like a phenomenal thing. Uh, Great O'Conn was hilarious at times. That was fun. You could you could make an argument for him. Um, the hair pull. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tony Storm looked awesome, but she's been presented as a star. Orange Cassidy looked phenomenal. Will Ospreay looked phenomenal, but they're both already considered stars. Uh, all of the members of the, the two main events, but they're already considered stars. So, like, yeah, you kind of have to go to these typical not American known wrestlers. And Clark Connors probably was the top one of that. Yep. Um, I agree. Do you concur, JLB? I do concur. Yeah, he said Connors at the same time I did. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't hear for certain, so I just wanted to make sure. So we're going to move on to best line. This is always tough on the AEW ones because they don't do a lot of talking. Correct. Uh, you know, WWE ones in between the matches, there's 10 minutes of talking. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe the best line was unspoken, but it was uh, uh, Orange Cassidy putting the shades on Shibata and then doing leaning against him and doing the thumbs up and Shibata looking like he was not having it. Could be. It was unspoken, but it was it was a line. Um, any other options? Trying to think if there's anything Taz said or Yeah, that's it. Um honestly that new Japan guy was fucking awesome though. Commentator, yeah. The commentator. Yeah. Like, thank God they brought him in. And I didn't have to get JR for some mm-hmm. of those matches either. I, I thought it was really nice that yeah, uh Kevin Kelly, who does New Japan, he also uh used to occasionally do Ring of Honor. Uh so I, I was used to him there. Um but yeah, he's 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 really good. 
really good. And it was nice. I I was really happy to get a break from JR. Um, yeah. They brought him out for the Orange Cassidy match. Um, and uh, that's about it. I think, uh, did he come out on the No, he was show? at the main event, no? I don't think he yeah. was even on the main uh, event. No, but he did the, uh, JR did do the, uh, the Fiddle Four-Way. He did the what? Fiddle Four-Way. The all like, Oh, yes. Match? The Atlantic did Championship he? match. He did. Yeah. I knew he did at least two. Because he, he kept on saying that he loved Okada, so he was definitely part of that match for sure. Oh, that one. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like like he wasn't a part of all of them. He was out for a couple. It's the same with Tony Schiavone. He actually did mostly backstage stuff, like little quick interviews backstage. Um, but um, oh, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say um, uh, Max Caster for his rap saying uh, you know I'm gonna put four more on the injured list. <laughs> um, that that was pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to remember, there was something else in that rap that was pretty funny too. Scissor me, daddy ass. That's yes. the best part of the whole night. Scissor me, daddy ass is is. Yeah, probably probably scissor me, daddy ass was pretty. <laughs> uh, it's just. I, I'm giving it to scissor me, daddy ass. Yep. <laughs> We're breaking our own rules. Scissor me, daddy ass wins. <laughs> Moving on to best performance of the night. Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. Uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I was going to go the other side of that one and say Orange Cassidy. Um, I think this is potentially the, the match... This is potentially the match of the night in a in a weird way, uh, but it's it's very definitely the match that people are going to show to people who don't understand Orange Cassidy. Um, because commentary did really good on it too. the The thing that annoyed me with commentary during early Orange Cassidy matches is they tried to pretend like the weak kicks were actually powerful, right? And that's that's not the the point of the weak kicks. And on this one, um, I think Taz was one of the people saying it. They, it was it's all psychology. It's about psyching out the other person. And so when uh, Orange Cassidy did the the kicks to to Will Osprey's face, but you know they were just these really weak things. They told a story. Osprey stole the shit out of that being psychology too. Yeah, he was they, pissed. Yeah. And they told this story. Yeah, it's all about making them make a mistake. Right? And they told the story, and there were multiple times where you legitimately thought Orange Cassidy was going to win. And, and you wouldn't have been angry at it. Like, you, you wouldn't have been like, fucking bullshit. There's no way he should have won with that. He looked like he was legitimately winning. Um, and, then, and then in the end, Will Ospreay was able to pick out the victory. So for me, best performance of the night is, is Orange Cassidy. Um, JLB? Mm. No wrong answers, just long really explanations by Marx as to why he thinks you're wrong. Yeah. 
That's fair. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to go with Claudio. I, I just loved his enthusiasm and his fucking happiness when he got into that ring. Bro, he looked like he was the happiest fucking guy in the world. Kind of like what we saw with other ex-WWE stars who got into the ring. And, dude, he's going to be on Blood and Guts? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, this is so not Cesaro's kind of match. But I'm fucking excited. Well, you want to talk about a worse line of the night was over and over and over again hearing how Claudio and Eddie Kingston don't like each other. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that a thing? That's a thing. Uh, and it goes to... And I... I'm is sure that they, a kayfabe thing, though? I, I'm sure a it's a kayfabe thing. Okay. I'm 100% sure it's a kayfabe thing. But uh, when Claudia, when Cesaro got cut by WWE, right, uh, someone tweeted that Claudio's going to gonna come to AEW, and Eddie Kingston's response was, he done got the balls to do that. Um, and then he did. And so... Yeah, they, they played it up pretty hard. I think that's going to be probably the next feud after Blood and Guts is over. Um, Claudio feeling like maybe like uh, Eddie Kingston was the reason they lose or Eddie Kingston feeling like Claudio wasn't in it for him or whatever, you know. Um, I, I'm going to say I, I don't disagree with JLB on Claudio. I, it's a perfectly good. I mean, again, it's my fucking opinion, so you yeah. can't. <laughs> but I'm saying I, I think it's a perfectly valid thing. Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, Bleacher Report gave both of those matches A pluses. Um, you know, and those were the highest scored matches of the night. Orange yeah. Cassidy versus Osprey and Zack Saber Jr. versus Claudio Castagnoli got better ratings. Then Jay White versus Adam Cole versus Page versus Okada. <laughs> I, I really and think Moxley versus Tanahashi, which both got A's, but not A pluses. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really think if that matchup didn't have that quick ending and through no one's fault shit happens, I feel like that fatal four way would have been much better. Maybe it was just too much too. Maybe they added too many elements. Maybe it should have only been a triple threat. We've um, said it before. Overloading matches doesn't work. I, I got to be honest. I I really do think that probably the thing that held that match, that uh, four-way, from being an A-plus was probably just the ending, right? The ending felt rushed, and that took it down a notch. Um, but I fucking love the fact that uh, Adam Cole and and Hangman Page pulled out the moonsault super kick thing. Uh, Adam Cole needs to come up with a name for it because when he did it to Johnny Gargano, it was fire. When he did it to Aleister Black, it was fire. When he did it to Andrade, it was fire. And now he's doing it to Hangman Page. <clears throat> fire every time. That dude's climbing on that super kick is gold. Mm-hmm. Also, at actual count, Adam Cole did more super kicks than the Young Bucks did. Yeah. There were a lot yeah, of super yeah. kicks. There was definitely a lot of super kicks. That triple super kick, too, though, 
was fucking awesome that they did on uh, the Bucks and um, El Fantasma. Uh, El Fantasma, El by the way. Holy shit. Can I see more of him, please? Can he not go back? The New Japan. Uh, you can see more of him uh, at njpwworld.com. Okay. Hashtag still not sponsored. Nope. Still not sponsored. If we were, we'd be doing a lot more New Japan stuff. <laughs> Seriously. You, you want us to do more New Japan? Toss us a sponsorship, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll do New Japan World. We'll fucking watch every pay per view there. Buy shirts. <laughs> but. Uh, Maybe not. But so, um, we'll go ahead and you do the um, the uh, new uh, one that Faye brought. This is the um, car- career star that we haven't decided what <laughs> women actor we're going to name it after, but it's the not Amber. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. We can, we can always change the names on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Lifetime Achievement Award. So you go first since this is your. Uh... All right, I'll give it to you. Um, boy, I loved fucking Mox in that match. <laughs> he was everything that Mox is supposed to be. He yes, was, I yeah. can't. I I need doses of that fucking brutality. I cannot take it over and over. To Wednesday will be hard. Like I'm pumped yeah. for Wednesday, but I don't want to see Wednesday. Well, no, but Wednesday's not going to be that bad because that's what we're completely expecting. That's the gimmick match. When Mox just does it in every fucking match, it's not cool anymore. It's like, bro, I get it. You like it, but then make it a gimmick match. And if it's for the title, especially for the interim championship, like clean it up a bit. Be hardcore. I don't want to see you bleed all the time. It's getting annoying. You know what I mean? It's it's not even adding anything anymore. Like I feel like, oh, well, when's Mox going to bleed? Make it surprising kind so, of you know so um the only thing i can think of when when you're saying that is that obviously you weren't a big fan of professional wrestling during the um uh, mid 90s rick flair uh, uh time no Blood but and- flair also did it too many fucking times too where it got stupid yeah um but again he's also had like the hardcore match he had with uh mick foley on impact okay and he bled there as well. That added elements to the hardcore match. Moxley making every match a fucking hardcore match just because he's Moxley and he does whatever, wherever, whenever is just fucking annoying. Mankind doesn't bleed all the time. And this guy's a hardcore legend. Well, Mankind didn't bleed all the time because there's a rule in WWE that no blading. Uh, so the only time they bleed is when they open the hard way. Right, uh, and so you can't compare blood in, in AEW to blood in WWE because there will always be more blood in AEW because they allow it in AEW. The thing is, um, I I for the most part agree with DFA on this because this is what John Moxley is, and he will always be. And yes, he will bleed in probably every match, and sometimes it might not be, it might not help the match. But this is a perfect example of it helping the match. Um, yeah, like I said, in waves, I can't deal with it nonstop. Like he, there's a reason it was good that he was gone for a short while. Number one, he got the rehab he needed. Number two, we 
I I need less of the blood and guts and gore. But a joke online that they're going to have to change the name of the match coming up on Wednesday to just guts because he doesn't have any blood left. Ah. But every now and then with Moxley, it's okay. And and he was what I expected him to be. Just like Michelle Pfeiffer in a movie. Exceptional. Yeah. And you can pick somebody else. So you picked one now. Michelle Pfeiffer, Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm going to go with Pac. Oh, he didn't pull off an actual Lifetime Achievement and solidly one of the best in the world right now. So, yeah. I can agree with that. I, I, along with Miro act being as strong as he was, I think Miro and Pac were the exceptional stars uh, in that match. Yes, I did enjoy Connors, um, but I felt we haven't seen Pac go crazy in a while, and that was really exciting to see. And I am super. I can't wait to see Dynamite and see him with that Atlantic Championship and get him on to more matches and so on. And uh, yeah, I Malachi Black was the odd one out in that one. I feel. I would agree. I mean, he was good. Like he wasn't, you know. But it just all the other, all the other stars, wrestlers. Uh, I'm not dare I, I'm not gonna say entertainers. All the other wrestlers uh, just outstarred him. Sports entertainers. Um. When Jericho did that fireball to that uh, Japanese wrestler that fought against him that I don't remember his name, uh, I guess he's staying around and we're going to see something there? Or Udi? Yeah. Shota Umino? Umino. Um, So the story behind Shota Umino is when uh, Moxley was in Japan, uh, they faced off in a match and then after Moxley or Jericho? Uh, Moxley. Jericho faced off with them too. There was that story there. But I, uh, what I'm getting to is Moxley and, and Shota faced off in a relatively early and then Moxley took Shota under his wing and nicknamed him Shooter. Um, mm. And so he was trained by John Moxley uh, in Japan. So when we see him like released, there's probably going to be more of an edge to him. Um, he's he's one of those that I could see becoming a like a New Japan branch of Blackpool Combat Club sort of a thing, like them taking it Bullet Club worldwide sort of a thing. Um, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go with a different person than both these, uh, all valid choices. But for me, Will Osprey. The performance that he put on, and I'm using the word performance because I want to talk about his facials. Um, you know, every time Orange Cassidy put his hands in his pockets, you could pissed see off. Just pissed off about you it. You could just see it just made him angrier. Or the <laughs> weak kicks, you just get angrier. And then when uh, out of nowhere, fucking... Uh, Orange Cassie would hit some major move or do the kip up or whatever. Uh, do the little bit of shock or when he'd hit Orange Cassie with one of the made bigger moves and Orange Cassie would kick out. The facials that he gave performance wise were top tier. And so, um, and considering that that was his, the big complaint against him, well, one of the complaints in the um, Ricochet era 
matches that before his matches weren't wrestling matches they were gymnastics meets um where they just flipped Guilty around a bunch. For complaining about it but now his matches are matches not only do they have crazy athleticism in them but they've got storyline that tells through it and his performance tells the story so but that's my choice for for that Okay. Uh, moving on to under hype of the night. And this is one of those ones that kind of uh, can cross over with Breakout Star because I think Chuck Connors, uh, that match as a whole, even though it was for the All Atlantic Championship, you know, this fatal four way with all of them in there, Clark Connors being the last minute addition just took that to a, a level that I don't think it would have been at with Ishii. Mm-hmm. Right? That's I love that he like, stood back and waited. Yeah. I'm just like, let these guys kick each other's asses for a bit and I'll <laughs> figure out where my spot is. Is he a heel? Um, I don't, I, well, he's, he's part of Bullet he did, Club. Okay. I believe. Um, let me look him up to be certain. I hope some of these guys do stay in the States though. Cause I would really love, I know I could watch new Japan world and whatever, but I want to see them in an American ring. I am not overly a huge fan of the Japanese style per se. Um, just cause they do it much differently. And it's honestly, it, Yes, I would need to go and watch more of that. But um, I guess maybe seeing these guys interact with American wrestlers gives me that element of both at the same time, which is obviously why they did this show and Forbidden Door and so on. Um, But yeah, I was really impressed with Connors. Okada was dope. I've seen only Okada like once or twice before, uh, but it's been a while. Um, And... uh, Tanahashi, I feel like I have to go see him again. He's like the rock, considered the the rock technically. Like as he's their ace. As the rock, he's their yeah, ace. He's, so. he's their ace. He's their their top tier guy. So yeah. Under hype of the night. Um Under hype of the night, Rapongi Vice. I, just, I, I mean, I, can I don't it. think they'll ever get as much hype as they deserve. Yeah. Can, can we talk about how fucking fire their theme song is? I love Rapongi Vice's theme song. Speaking of theme song, did Orange Cassidy's new theme song debut? Nope. He was supposed to, he's nope. didn't, right? Okay. He still came out to his old one. Well, that, the thing is, like, there were the reports that came out that they'd licensed Jane, uh, which he used on the indies. Um, I think those reports coming out, um, change their plans. No, they might've licensed it. Um, but just because you license something doesn't mean you're going to instantly use it. And I think that's what it came down to is these reports came out right before the pay-per-view and everyone's like, Oh, that means he's going to use it. Right. And, and maybe AEW doesn't follow this general rule, but 
generally speaking in wrestling, people change their theme song due to a change in something in their storyline, right? Like if uh, Orange Cassidy were to break off from the best friends, now would be a good time for him to have a new theme song to symbolize that he's no longer part of the best friends or, right. um, or, you know, if, if he were to suddenly turn heel, then you give him a new theme song to, to show that he's a heel. Um, but they paid a lot of money for the Pixies song that he comes out to now. Uh, and, uh, even if they did pay money to license Jane, it might've been not, just, not be for a while either. Yeah. It might've been just for a future, you know, Hey, we want to have the license for it. So if we ever decide to change it, we'll have it. So fair. Um, OMG moment of the night. Rapongi Vice pulling off the Storm Zero <laughs> on Jeff Cobb. Yeah. They were telling the story. Do, do we think Breda can get him up? Do we think Trent can do it? And he did it. Yeah. I love those stories. I, I love that they have Rapongi Vice together as a team now because I think this will introduce them to the American audiences better. And people will see how fucking fire. Why they're no longer a team? Rocky Marrero. Uh They broke up in New Japan for a while. Um, they even talked about it on the commentary. Rocky Romero felt that because they were they were battling in in the uh, junior heavyweight tag team division, uh, that he was holding Trent back. That Trent on his own could become a heavyweight and potentially go farther so uh rocky romero got a new tag team not a partners but a tag team that he started to manage that he called rapongi 2k and it was these two um uh rapongi 3k excuse me rapongi 3k he took over and he was a manager of them and it was uh show and yo uh, these two uh, Japanese wrestlers who are fucking really good, by the way. Oh, um, Sho and Yo? Okay. Yeah, Sho is now a member of Bullet Club after he turned on Yo. Mm. So, um, but they're five-time IWGP junior heavyweight champions. Um, uh, they were sometimes just called the boys, I think. Uh, but Sho and Yo are really good. And so... Um, when he gave Beretta his blessing to move on to the heavyweight division and disbanded Rapongi Vice, later on that same day, he announced he was now going to be the manager of Rapongi 3K. And uh, that was in, I think, 2017. And, uh, you know, during that time, Beretta went off to multiple other things. And, right. And, and so it's only recently they reformed. But I think it's kind of like... Rapongi Vice is one of those tag teams that I think American audiences don't understand uh, how fucking good they are. And I, do, I don't think they understand how fucking good Trent is. Um, uh, Trent I didn't until really, last night. Yeah. But they're four times junior heavyweight champions. They won the Super Junior. They were uh, ranked number 84 and number 91 respectively on the PWI 500 in 2017. Um, they're really, really good. And in AEW, uh, 
Trent has been kind of a joke character for a bit, part of the best friends, and people love him, you know. They really like him and everything, but I think this will give us a chance to see a dominant tag team out of him. Legitimate contenders, so... So what did we pick as OMG moment? I said them getting Jeff Cobb up for the Fair. Storm One. And that's the only one that's been given yet. Obviously, we, somebody bomb? definitely should say Sting here. Yeah. Yeah. I Sting. mean, I was going to leave it to fucking Sting fanboy over there. Yeah. Sting jumping off the, the tall, tall thing. It's got to be at least nominee for OMG. On top of that, the lights off. He's in the bleachers. Lights off again. Yeah, you know. Oh, it's just it's fucking great. Mm -hmm. Fucking great. Fucking sting, man. Just watch. Be careful, man. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm gonna also nominate one single moment in the Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa match. And it's it's oddly enough the same single moment <laughs> that I can aim for, and if I were to say the Tony Storm versus Britt Baker match, <laughs> that fucking hip attack that uh, Tony Storm does, like I've made fun of hip attacks uh, in women's wrestling because for the most part I think they're dumb, but Tony Storm's changing my mind on it. I just think nobody else does it right. Uh because everyone else just kind of runs in and then kind of jumps and like, no, I hit you with my butt. Um, and Tony Storm's like, I'm going to fucking run my butt through your face. Like, it's going to come out. Your head's going to be gone. Um, Thunder Rosa put her hands up. And it. I think Taz just said, now all you get to do is get hit by your hands. You know? But. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. I would agree with that one. Well, then we will move on. Only two more categories left. Best move of the night. Okay. Rapongi Vice hitting Storm <laughs> on Jeff Was there not like a powerbomb scenario? I think that might have been the buy-in. There were numerous reversals in the was like Orange super- Cassidy versus... Uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay match that were so impressive. Um, there was the miss with the hidden blade, obviously. Finally, the hit with the hidden blade. Um, the setup for the hit with the hidden blade. Just every fucking thing about that match could be best move. Like, that's how good that match was. Um, but I'm still going to go with Jeff Cobb being hit by Rapongi Vice because. He's 280 pounds and Trent's like 165. Yeah. Trent's like, I'm getting you up though. Fuck it. I'm doing it. <laughs> um, I felt like Pac also did some crazy yeah. super. I just can't recall. It was like a pin on a pin or submission or something was happening. It was when he hit the 450 on uh, Aleister Black and Connors. Aleister Black was uh, trying to pin Connors and he hit the 450 on on them and then put Connors in the brutalizer. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to say maybe best move was having Claudio win with not the gotch style pile driver. Uh, How did he win? It was a power bomb. Just a regular power bomb. Uh, yeah, just a big old power bomb. But I'm, and I may be in the minority. I I don't like gotch style pile drivers. I I don't like pile drivers as a whole. Like pile drivers are kind of played out for me as a finishing maneuver. All right, but the gotch. The gotch style pile driver, like, what extra does it add that you're grabbing them by just one leg instead of both legs? You know what I mean? Like, well, in the pile driver version, you're forcing their body down harder. Are you really? Yeah, you're using their crotch for leverage. Yeah, but you can use their butt for leverage in the other way. Anyways, that's my thing. Is like, I just like. To me, it just doesn't look like it adds anything to it. And then I, I get, I, I love Claudio Casanoli. I get really annoyed with the <laughs> first. Like, just fucking hit the move. I don't need to see you, you crack your neck before you hit the move. Or don't hit the gotcha style pile driver. I'm fine with that too. So him hitting with the power bomb is at least um, a nominee for me. But I also. Uh, Orange Cassidy breaking the turnbuckle camera with Will Ospreay's face. Yes. Uh, I really liked that. Like I sat, I I watched it, and I I spent the next like thirty seconds watching the camera. And like, is, is that camera literally broken? I think that's actually broken. And the camera was like going. And the answer to that is yes. The camera yes, was the actually camera was broken, broken by Will Ospreay's face. Um, there was also another thing uh, in that that arguably could be best move. Uh, when uh, Orange Cassidy faked falling down, <laughs> like laid down and then hit the mat to make it look like he hit the mat hard. And then Will Ospreay went to hit uh, the moonsault off the top rope and Orange Cassidy rolled. And then so he went straight into another moonsault. And Orange Cassidy rolled the other direction. So then he did a shooting star press, all without skipping a beat. Um, just boom, 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 boom. I was like, that's a good, good move set. So that one might be, might be really might. But I don't know. Bre- breaking the camera with a face was a great spot. Yep. So. And then the final, final one match of the night i think we'll probably not all agree on this i think two of us might but i think jlb will be the odd man out on this so i'm gonna say it right now for me osprey versus orange cassidy match of the night it's a tough one but it's why you gotta say it bud why couldn't i say it because i was the one (laughs) talking first but you can say it now too uh orange cassidy I guess I, I mean, I, I thought it was a fantastic match. Um, but at the same time, what's always coming back to me was that Atlantic championship match. There's no wrong answer. For I, there this really one. isn't. I'm, I'm oh, oh now, now you don't, now you don't. For this one, there is no wrong answer. If you think Jericho Appreciation Society, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, may, maybe there's that wrong answer. Yeah. May, maybe. The the only wrong answer is if you say Jericho Appreciation Society or 
uh, Dudes with Attitudes versus Bullet Club. Both fun matches, but by far not best match of the night. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go there. But you know, uh, uh, Bleacher Report gave uh, the All Atlantic Championship match a minus, right? Um, so I mean, there's there's no no arguing that that was a, a wasn't a great match. It was a phenomenal match, but. But for me, Orange Cassidy, this was this was the match that, like I said before, that you show people who don't understand Orange Cassidy uh, for them to understand, oh, I get it. I get it. It's about getting under their skin. I get it. So. Can but we not that... talk about skin right now? My leg really hurts. Yeah, that's Orange Cassidy under your skin there. Um, oh, he's nope, the fucker who bit me. <laughs> nope, nope. It was a spider, and 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 not even a radioactive one at that. An so, orange flavored one, <laughs> possibly. Um, but like I said at at the beginning of this, I gave the spoiler away. I one hundred percent am saying best pay per view of the year so far for this, and I might not be the the uh. I might be the only one saying it. I think DA Fave is going to agree with me. Um, I know JLB is not, though. But for me, this gets the shirt. Best non-WWE pay-per-view of the year so far. You think there was a WWE pay-per-view that was better? I would love to watch this back-to-back with WrestleMania. Wow, that's, that's a lot of wrestling. Just to know, Just to know for sure. See, and, you know, I I think WrestleMania was, prior to this, the second best. I think Revolution was the best, and WrestleMania was the second best. This one puts it third best. And not saying it was bad. It's easy to take away from WrestleMania because they had to put the word WrestleMania on so much shit, like WrestleMania. <laughs> Raw and WrestleMania SmackDown and, um, and post WrestleMania Raw and post WrestleMania SmackDown. And uh, so since WrestleMania lasts for four weeks, I suppose it's probably not as good. WrestleMania Survivor Series. <laughs> God, they might do it, but because this is the beginning road to WrestleMania before the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, this, this is, is the on ramp. This is to the, the detour. Road. This is the, the detour. The on ramp to the road to WrestleMania. Oh, this is the rest Jesus. stop in the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> Get out and pee right now, because it's the last time you'll have. <laughs> I could see them definitely do that. I really could. But for me, best pay-per-view of the year so far. Uh, this is the carpool lane to WrestleMania. <laughs> this is the connecting highway that connects to the on-ramp to the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> This, this is, is your the... driveway you're leaving to get onto the road, to get to the road, to get to the road to WrestleMania. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is the uh, detour due to construction on the road to WrestleMania. Pro- or probably on any road in Quebec, to be fair. But, so. Oh. Uh, diggity damn. So now we're going to really quickly take a moment because I have four packs left. Oh. And... 
GFA have never bought packs, so I'm going to still open. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to open two tonight because I'm feeling saucy. Uh, so, uh, or because we right. missed, we missed, uh, or because we missed a uh, WBU yesterday, um, Tuesday too. So, well, uh, FBI, but I don't know when I'll be on an FBI, so I'm still just gonna do it. So, so pick two numbers, one through four. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> Thanks, Ambrosia. Two and one. <laughs> so two and one. Those two back in there. And uh, let's see. <laughs> Ambrose just said, damn it. Because she didn't <laughs> get it out fast enough. So let us see. Pack number one. We have. Is this going to be a pack of entirely no longer with? Nope. It is not going to be, but it's darn close. No longer with WWE and had been heavily rumored to be at Forbidden Door, Johnny Gargano. No longer with WWE and not rumored to be at anything (laughs) recently, Scarlet. Yeah. Rumored to be the reason that that the killer cross... Hadn't uh, reason to be the the Killer Cross didn't show up because they didn't sign her as well. The only card from this pack that is still in WWE, although unfortunately currently injured, Rhea Ripley. And no longer with WWE, uh, and I really hope we see her in something soon, Tegan Knox. She's injury prone. She is injury prone. You you can't exactly argue against that because, I mean, the upside is she only has so many uh, ACLs, so many ACLs and MCLs to tear. This pack is already a winner. Oh, this pack! I opened it up and I could feel something was a little weird. So we're going to start off. I'm going to actually hold all four of the cards up here so you can see uh, what it is. First one, Dolph Ziggler. Ziggles. I love some Dolphy Ziggs. Next one, facing Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank for the women's Raw title. Carmella. Bella. Hmm. And then... Oh, what's up with this? This one's backwards, and it says, congratulations. What? It is an autographed Humberto Carrillo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck you. That's my first autographed one. Oh, jeez. But it's Humberto. I like Humberto Carrillo. Sure you do. He's related to the Garza family, and I like. I'm gonna go buy four boxes now just so I can get a. Hey, I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I was pissed. Uh, I was at Target in Kearney when I was there because my mom is in the hospital. I said before, Um, and they had the the 2022 tops prismatic series or whatever. I can, but they didn't have them priced yet. They were they were like 
30 of them on the shelf, but they weren't priced yet. And uh, I just didn't feel like I, w I was in a good position to spend an indeterminate amount of money on them while uh, out there. And so I didn't buy one. And I come back here uh, to Omaha and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Target now here and I'm going to buy some because I feel like I can. Um, none of them. They don't have any of them here. Um, it's 30 picks. In now I'm going back to Carney this weekend, so I'll probably buy one that time. But not, if all, not if they're bought out on Thursday. Not if they're all bought out. <laughs> uh, final one from this pack, Tony Storm. Storm. Um, I am going to say I am pleasantly uh, surprised with the uh, male-to-female mix in uh, this. I only had three men and five women. So. Look at them not being all JLB and misogynistic. Yeah. God, look at them. God. Look at them. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Now, now I just have two more packs, and unfortunately that probably means that neither of these packs have signatures signatures in them i mean do there's they, a chance do there's they say how many out of how many cards they have signatures like is there a... um the odds for signature here here i i show how old i am <laughs> the um what is this specifically called i thought it was a one in a thousand top certified autograph issue This is the RA refractor. Um, yeah, it's it's something like one in where where's this one? One in eight thousand, somewhere around there, depending on which exact one it is. So it's still fairly rare, but I like. I also like it. It does legitimately appear to be a legitimate autograph. You know what I mean? Like, there's always that worry when you get an autograph card. And it's printed. There was questions. Pastafari says, JLB, what was behind you? What was that behind you? Something moved. <laughs> a huge dark figure moved. Ooh. A dark figure? That's <laughs> not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, that's amazing how they can see that with a blurred background. That's fucking... They should be investigators. So, Humberto Carrillo, like I said, I've, I've always been a fan of him because he's a Garza. And uh, I was a fan of the Garza family back in the WCW days. Um, because he is a uh, son of Humberto Garza Jr. His uncle is Hector Garza. Right. Uh, who wrestled for WCW a lot. And then his cousin is Angel Garza. Who he wrestles with. Who he wrestles with. So mm -hmm. it's legitimately a team. A, a team of cousins. Team of cousins. They the twos. <laughs> they the two. 
was good. That was good. Okay. I, 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 out of out of two years of doing a podcast with you, that was your first good joke. Thank you. You know, yeah, throw enough darts that you're eventually going to hit the bullseye. I'll take it. Somebody's got to be the straight man. Is that what your wife tells you? I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't exactly call me the straight man. Well, we know um, it's not JLB. Pretty much any any situation. Listen, <laughs> if anyone's the not straight man in this podcast, Fabe, <laughs> if anyone is not the straight man in this podcast, good sir, it's the spider bitten individual currently not on camera. <laughs> I feel like you've dabbled in the doobly-doos a little, you know. Nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It's fine. Listen, I was a theater major in college, right? That's fair. fair. Yeah. You probably take the cake with pink sprinkles. Not the only thing I took. I mean, what? (laughs) What was that? Was that that over there? Pastafari said something. Oh, that was before. So, uh... (laughs) Not the only thing you took with a C and a K in its name. <laughs> but on that note, uh, again, uh, we'll get back onto the wrestling. Um, great pay per view, arguably best pay per view of the year. Arguably, had some of the best match. I mean, match of the year candidates in this. They're probably two to three that you could make an argument as match of the year candidate. Um. So, uh, so a great pay per view. If you haven't watched AEW X New Japan Pro Forbidden Door, watch it. Find it on Fight or Bleacher Report or um, use your Google Foo and find it that way. But watch it; it's really good. Even the kickoff show was good, right? Kickoff show had honestly a four matches in one fucking hour. Yeah, and I was thoroughly entertained. Well, yeah, right. four matches in one hour. Fucking, and and, and yeah. then I'm like, WWE, why can't you do that for your fucking pre-show? I don't want to hear Booker T doing the squiggly, duggy, quack, quack, whatever the fuck. And uh, Rosenberg fucking say some stupid shit. Literally, you can do some crazy. Yeah. Put wrestlers you don't have on your fucking. Give me a fucking ricochet match. Give one, me a Tazawa match. Yeah. One hour pre-show and 43 plus minutes of it were matches. Yeah, that means there was less than seventeen minutes of talking that weren't matches, and that doesn't I didn't count. It was seventeen minutes. What? Well, that 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 doesn't even count intros, right? Oh. Those intros eat into that seventeen minutes. And yeah, they had times where like the New Japan Dojo were just in the ring; they got the jobber entrance. Um, you know, uh, I I don't know. I don't remember if Bishamon was in the ring when the factory came out, um, or vice versa. But yeah, I mean, you you had a bunch of entrances to get in there. Just not a fucking ton of of talk, and I'm fine with that. Just give me matches. It was good. So, great, great, great pay-per-view. Arguably one of the best of the years, if not the best of the year. Um, From all companies that we get to watch over here. Uh, so definitely, definitely get to watch, go to watch it, right? But on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for uh, this podcast here. Um, close things up. Make sure to go to the Doobly Doos for all the ways to support us there. Uh, we got our Patreon. We got our merch store where you can get a Pesant Podcast shirt or hat or whatever. Uh, you can get a Those Who Can't Wrestle podcast. 
you can get a autograph shirt. So if you're going to a meet and greet and you want to get a bunch of autographs on it, that's a great way to do it. You can still, for the time being at least, get Seth Franklin Rollins shirts. Um, so, you know, get what you can. Support us that way. Or you can support us the easiest way, which is just liking, sharing, and subscribing and sending this to your friends and saying, hey, go watch this podcast or join us live on the on the, the the live show we do the live stream on uh twitch but also youtube and facebook but we highly recommend you follow us on twitch because we do do occasionally we do 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 uh, we do occasionally do twitch only streams like reactions to some of the pay-per-views um or just get on and bullshit streams so if you want to be a part of those follow us on twitch because that's going to be the only place those go uh, you can follow us on all of the social medias. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. That's pretty much any place except for Facebook, where it's Pits and Podcasts. But uh, Twitch, it's at Raw and Order. But TikTok, um, Twitter, you know, pretty much any place at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at Spider Fabe. No, uh, DA Vincent K Fabe. It's down in the doobly doos. Not coming on because I'm recovering from a spider bite. Spider bite. <laughs> spider bite. And whatever a spider bite does. And you can follow JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio, though, is the brand. You can follow me on my link tree. Anchor.fm slash RTR is uh, where all the streams are. But go to the link tree. It's all there as well. Um I uh, do also plan on watching the Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> they have Beavis and Butthead do the universe, and it's getting good ratings. So I just don't want to read any of the reviews because I don't want that to um, mess up my review for it. Um, but it looks like it's getting pretty decent ratings. So here's to uh, 20 years in the making since its first film. So that should be fun to watch and review. I think I'm going to have a good time with that. Um, and hopefully they don't fuck it up. So links in the doobly-doos for that. NJPW, AEW, Forbidden Door. Was good. Maybe I was expecting too much. It was a great... Oh, my God. It's just all the links in the doobly-doos. <laughs> just putting them up there. So you can see all the links in the doobly-doos. Jesus, all the links in the doobly doos. There you go. Because Twitch uh, doesn't have doobly doos, so I put it in the comments. There. Are you happy? Okay. That's back to you. Back no, back to you. I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're all done. A little. I think, I think we're done. We're toasted. Done. Put so a fork in note, me. I'm done. That note, we are going to go ahead and close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. I miss Wordlow.